SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and uh, the Carling Black Label Cup took place on Saturday, the sort of ceremonial start of the 2015 2016. Uh, South African football season and tonight it's weird that it's happening midweek but that's just the way they've done the draw the quarterfinals get underway of the MTN8 competition and joining us now is Mo Ali Mo it's, uh, it is a bit weird it's a Tuesday night it feels like a Saturday it's not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose because of all the fixtures that uh, are still awake us and also uh, because of uh, the space being allowed in the PSL calendar at the end of November and mid-December to allow the under-23s who have qualified for the African under-23 championship and possibly a place in the uh, Olympics next year, I think they've had to make space in midweek to play these games. And uh, I don't think our under-pirates will be too happy, but, yeah, well, if you go, go as well as they are in the Confederation Cup, then you've got to play two games a week like they are doing at the moment. Speaking of which... Uh... Uh, you, you say Orlando Pirates won't be too happy. They were part of that Carling Black Label Cup this weekend. And, uh, I mean, we've been talking about it throughout the off-season that when is it going to catch up with them from a fatigue and injury perspective? And it seems to be catching up with them already. They've got some serious injury concerns heading into tonight's clash. Absolutely. Um, uh, they've got Tamsanga Gabuza and uh, Kermit Erasmus uh, out uh, and uh, also Roy Mahamutsa. And, of course, they've got one eye on uh, Saturday evening's game against CS Faction because uh, that's a Confederation Cup game. And if they win there, they uh, are virtually in the semifinals of the Confederation Cup. Um, and, of course, you know, they've played on Saturday. It was a tough game. You know, many people say it's a friendly against uh, Kaiser Chiefs. You don't get such things as a friendly against uh, Kaiser Chiefs when you are Orlando Pirates. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think the players... Surely they must start feeling this, the fatigue now um, because the games, uh, you know, it's not even pre-season friendly. It's serious uh, competitive matches that they've been playing as well in the Confederation Cup. And as we mentioned, uh, you know, the calling Black Label Cup was absolutely no friendly against Kaiser Chiefs and, and, and really is starting to catch up on them. Uh, but having said that, Ajax Ketan have a few injury concerns of their own as well. Tashrik Morris and uh, Nathan Paul, so their two strikers are out. So Roger Desar was saying he's actually very happy he signed Prince Normalo, uh, who's also a striker. Otherwise, he wouldn't have any, any strikers for this evening's game. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a tough one for him. But let's talk about the Urban Warriors. They were in action in the Cape Town Cup, the inaugural Cape Town Cup, uh, against uh, Crystal Palace, uh, amongst others. Can we read anything into their performance from there? Or will this be a totally different sort of setup that we're looking at tonight? Well, uh, you know, obviously you, you can't read too much into these uh, pre-season friendlies because uh, just a few years ago, they, they Manchester United managed to scrape a last-minute draw against them at the Cape Town Stadium. I very well remember that game. And, uh, you know, I didn't do too well. In fact, this is the first season in five that they've uh, made it into the top eight. Uh, you know, Sir Roger Desar obviously has done something right. But he comes up against the Orlando Pirates of, uh, at the Orlando Stadium. And uh, the, the previous two games at the Orlando Stadium, Orlando Pirates have scored eight goals against the Ajax Cape Town. And, in fact, the last time Ajax have beaten Orlando Pirates away from home up in Johannesburg was uh, way back in December 2008. That's eight games ago. So uh, Ajax clearly don't have a good uh, record against Orlando Pirates away from home. In fact, Ajax have been terrible away from home all season, last season as well. They only won three games away from home, uh, whereas they, you know, they lost only once at home. Uh, and that shows you how well they play in Cape Town. But at the moment, they leave the mother city. They, they just uh, are not able to do the business. But having said that, you know, Roger Dessau, of course, knows uh, Orlando Pirates inside out having taken them to the uh, CAFCON uh, Champions League final in 2013 and of course his big mate uh, Eric Tinkler is now the coach there and uh, you know they, they certainly do have a, a very good opportunity against an Orlando Pirates side as we mentioned earlier on uh, that may be a little bit fatigued and may be looking forward to their Confederation Cup game against CS Faction on Saturday evening. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting one to watch because there's lots of individual battles. You mentioned the, the battles between the coaches, the, the old mates and old foes uh, coming up against each other. But the other match to look forward to tonight, Budvest Vitz up against Supersport United. Yeah, those are two. Uh, I mean, yeah, two two very very successful coaches, Gordon Higgerson and uh, Gavin Hunt. Seven league titles between them, Higgerson four and Gavin Hunt three. Uh, Gavin Hunt, of course, never won the MTN eight before, so it's something that he'd love to do. And I think this is a season uh, could be a defining season for Gavin Hunt at Budvest, but because uh, they they spent a lot of money over the past. Uh, this is his third season now, and in the previous two seasons they brought in a lot of players. They brought in more players this season as well. So I think uh, he has to deliver some uh, silverware this season. And, and uh, but they just don't have the best of uh, knockout records against uh, Super Sports United. And uh, similarly, I think Gordon Higgerson uh, will be under a little bit of pressure as well because they've also, in fact, these two clubs have, have brought in quite a few players in the off season. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. But Vitz, I think, have, have made some uh, very good signings in Elias Belembe and uh, Dan Clay, both uh, formerly of uh, previously of Super Sports, played under Gavin Hunt in the Championship winning side. And Nazir Ali from Ajax Town also brings in a lot of experience in defence. And uh, contrast that to the uh, striking power that uh, Supersport United have. Uh, I mean, if you look at the likes of uh, the striker Jeremy Brocky, the New Zealander, who was such a phenomenal success uh, with uh, Supersport United when he came in uh, towards the end of last season. They've got Kingston Carter, they've got uh, Tuso Pala, they've got quality all around, all around the pitch, and of course they've got Bongani Kumalo, their former captain, is now back with Supersport United as well. So, uh, I mean, in terms of uh, the, the playing stuff on, on paper, it's going to be a very, very closely matched uh, game this evening. Yeah, and there's lots at stake, Mo. Just finally, I mean, it's MTN8. This isn't preseason stuff. I mean, this is one of the big tournaments uh, in South African football. There's a lot of money up for grabs for, for the clubs that perform well in the MTN8. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, Brad, uh, if you win the league, you play 30 games. Uh, at the end of those 30 games, you win 10 million rand. And <laughs> you play over the course of nine months. Yeah, in, over the course of just under a month, you play uh, the equivalent of one uh, quarterfinal, two semifinals, and a final four games. And you win 8 million rand. So obviously there's a lot to play for. And uh, I mean, it just gets your season off to a great start. Uh, like Kaiser Chiefs proved last year when they won it and beating Pirates in the final. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's not something to be sniggered at. And, uh, you know, for, 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 for any club, uh, particularly the likes of, of Mamelodi Sundowns, Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, uh, any, any one of these eight, in fact, it would be great to get your season off to a start by, by winning some silverware. And I think particularly, as I mentioned, for Gavin Hunt and, and, uh, and, and, and put some of the money at Mamelodi Sundowns. Uh, I think it will be fantastic for them if they can get their season off to a winning start by winning the MTN 8 and winning 8 million rand uh, with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to both those games tonight. Kickoff 7.30 tomorrow. Two games to look forward to as well. Chiefs up against Maritzburg United, Mamelodi Sundowns, then host Bloom Celtic. But we'll chat about those two matches tomorrow night here on SAFM Sports Rap. Moali, enjoy the football tonight. We look forward to chatting tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have lots of goals to describe, Brad. Thanks very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap. Bafana Bafana coach Sheikh Mashaba has enjoyed uh, what he's seen at the Durban Under-19 International Football Tournament so far. Mashaba spent most of last week on the East Coast where he's been watching some of the country's brightest prospects take on their European counterparts. There have been two local teams represented at Kuzulu Natal Academy 11 and their SA Under-19 team. Twelve months ago, both sides struggled in the inaugural event and Mashab is pleased with the transformation in 2015. Compared, uh, 2014 and 2015, our teams, there's a big difference. If you look at the first one, our KZ team as a host, they 
bungled out early in the, in the tournament, but this time, yeah, they're holding on, they, which is going to be a good thing. It is not about, you know, who you have in the team, but it's about who or what can they do. To see, this is what we see from this player. I can see discipline, both in playing and individual's behavior. I haven't seen them confronting the referees. I haven't seen them throwing hands and tantrums. Everything is smooth. It's running smooth, which is what we want to see. The eight-team tournament has been a huge hit so far, running smoothly and played in front of decent crowds, although Mashaba was hoping more people would come and watch the high-quality international teams that have been represented. Apart from the two South African teams, the events also included English Giants Arsenal, Italian powerhouse AC Milan, PSV Eindhoven from the Netherlands, Turkish Kingpins Galatasaray and Scotland Celtic FC, as well as German outfit Stuttgart. Let's start off by uh, giving compliments to the organisers. I mean, compared to the first one in 2014, there's a lot of improvement. The only snake, we still need people, bums on the seats, to come here, these young boys playing. I mean, you know, I normally say to people, the strength of the crocodile is in the river. If you take it out of the river, you put it there, it becomes harmless. So it's like that. The more people we have on the chairs, the players have, have become psyched. And then I think uh, the good thing in the, generally is these players are given the platform that they deserve. That is why I said to the office, I don't belong to the office these two weeks. I've got to come sit here and I look. But I would like to say, again, if you look at the KZN team, they're holding on to themselves. They're doing very well. They're doing very well. Most unfortunately, it's our people. We don't have confidence yet in our people, you know. The lineup for the last four will see South Africa, who ended second in Group B, come up against Group A winners PSV tomorrow at the King Zuelatini Stadium in Umlazi. The other semi brings together the other side with a 100% winning record to date, Stuttgart against Arsenal. Mashaba says he was impressed by the way the teams had played in the opening week of the competition, particularly the style of play. Football, generally one. Let's talk about the tactical work of all the teams that we've watched. Most of the teams, it's no more than half and run, half and run. It's changed. It's uh, modern trends of football. It's, it's, it's about players' intelligence, confidence, technique, and, and of course, improvisation. Play beyond the coach's instructions. When things are not working according to the plan, what do you do as an individual? This is what we've see, we're seeing here. The competition has also seen a flurry of goals scored with a total of 33 scored in 12 games and not one single goalless draw. The quality of scoring has also impressed the coach too. He says he's enjoying the skill and technique on display. If you look at the first game of the KZN team, it was not just scoring goals. It was a couple uh, of few things. One, composure on the player who scores. Technique on the player who scores confidence of saying I'm taking this chance that's why I've been saying to people this tournament people who bungling it all the goalkeepers if you look at the kind of goal scored I mean KZN scored three low, low balls to the goalkeeper that tells you it's not the infield players the goalkeeper yes it's good I know there's this modern trend play your goalkeeper as a sweeper at the same time but it's got to check People are working on technique now. 
they can score from one goal to another goal. And, then, and uh, yes, what we're happy about, one game, the opening game, six goals, which is what the fans want to see, yeah? nothing else. And uh, the other game, uh, three, two, five goals. What else can we ask for? Football is about games. We can dribble the whole day, but if you lose, people forget all these things. But you, you can score a goal by just blowing. It's in the back of the net. The whole stand gets excited. That's what we need to see. The coach also suggested it might be worthwhile to bring some of the local youngsters on show in the tournament into the national setup so they can get some experience and exposure to what it feels like to represent their country. He admitted there were individuals that had been impressive but stopped short of naming anyone. What, what I'll be happy about is to see one or two players from both, both our teams coming into the Bafana, uh, not playing at such, but come train with us, expose them to this kind of things, and that make an awareness to all other players that it's possible to end up at the top there. Listen, I don't say if a player qualifies to play, throw him in, throw him in. But what we need to do at the same time, we must take care of not strangling them. Let us build them up gradually. But if they're ready, throw them in because we can't be wasting time and say we want to see them next year or whatever. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. Don't forget, you can be in touch. All you have to do is pop us an SMS 34701 and they charge the two rand. You can also find us on social media as well. Just search for SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the Proti has returned from Bangladesh today and it, uh, I think if one word has to sum up that entire tour, it would probably be frustrating. Out of the 10 days of test cricket that were scheduled to be played, Six of them were rained out. So the test series being drawn, one of the big frustrations for the Proteas, two in the latest ICC test rankings, we've lost ground at the top of uh, the rankings because of that series. And obviously uh, that needs to be looked at. I know Hashimamla, uh, the South African captain, had uh, some words to say about that with regards to the fairness of a system that would uh, dock points from a team who drew a test series against one of the so-called minnows because of weather. But uh, arriving at Oatama International Airport today, Hashimamla did speak about uh, the weather and the frustration of not being able to play much test cricket. Yes, certainly we would have liked to have had 10 days of cricket. Uh, the younger guys would have probably have a, given themselves the best chance of getting, giving themselves a show and giving the selectors and coach and myself uh, a chance of seeing what we have. Uh, but you know what, we can't really complain. Uh, we had five days of cricket. Whatever cricket we did get, I think they had a good show. So, and the rain factor, we could have, probably would have assessed how everybody swims, but you know, then again, we've got to take what we get. Whatever cards you get dealt, you, you deal with this. And I think the guys did really well. Well, despite the frustration, there were some positives that came out of the experience in Bangladesh, and uh, these are some of them that the captain pointed out. I think the two innings, two batting innings, definitely the opening part, the new opening partnership of Stian and, and Dean looked pretty solid. I don't think you can underestimate the Bangladeshi bowling attack. They bowl pretty well up front, so I think the way they handled themselves was very good. Uh, Temba getting runs in the first innings was really nice, especially in the middle order. Uh, you always want your best competitor to, to be in a good space, you know, throughout any, any tour. Uh, and the last test of the day of getting used 400 was probably the icing the, on, the, on a very small cake for us. Uh, so, yeah, so those are the benefits you take. It's difficult, you've got to grab whatever positive you can on a, on a test series. 
It's been a good few months since South Africa crashed out at the semi-final level of the ICC World Cup against New Zealand and asked at the press conference today Hashimamla was pretty pensive about it he was asked if uh, South Africa is suffering from a World Cup hangover. The disappointment of the World Cup will certainly stay with most South Africans for the next, well, for the next World Cup certainly, uh, but I think the team has, has tried their best to try and move on uh, losing to Bangladesh is, is, was very disappointing um, I don't think I think the biggest decision was probably betting first uh, on, on, on conditions that probably would have suited betting second, uh, to be quite honest with you. So, whatever, you know, it's disappointing to come back having lost a one-day series, I think it's the first time I think that's right. Uh, but in the test series as well, I don't think we've played our best cricket in either format. We've had a, the test series, I think, started off well. The batters in the first session on the first day got it really well. Um, but... We didn't keep on with the late advantage. So these type of slow starts and probably you know, occasions where you don't capitalize on advantages do happen in Test cricket and one day cricket. So let's hope that going into India, which is a very big series, a lot of uh, T20s, one days as well as Test matches, um, we can probably start better and then just you know play the Test cricket we kind of know. Still lots of cricket to be played here in South Africa. New Zealand arriving after their tour of New Zealand. And then we head off to India to play uh, the longest test series that South Africa has ever embarked on on the subcontinent against the Indians. And uh, Hashim Amla was asked whether India were going to be similar to Bangladesh. You know, in some ways it's similar in the terms of in the sense that it's going to turn a little bit. Uh, but hopefully it doesn't rain as much, which will be uh, certainly give us all a good chance to play a bit of cricket. But I think in, in the Indian because generally in one day cricket are a lot more high, higher scoring than most of the subcontinent teams. Uh, but you know, when we get there, I've always felt you can never preempt too much wherever you go in the world. So it's always about getting there and kind of seeing what you tell there were a few interesting selection choices on the tour of Bangladesh. A.B. de Villiers was away on paternity leave uh, for the birth of their first child. Hashim Amla obviously not on too much form, and it's put some pressure on the rest of the batting lineup. Russell Domingo, the South African coach, was asked about that, and if we rely too much on those two players in the South African batting lineup. I don't think so. I think we've had uh, two bad innings um, in the second and third ODI. Um, and I've always said in the past that it's important to play games without guys like A.B. Nation because we can't be reliant on them to win games for us all the time. And uh, We've had some other world-class performers on our side, um, guys like J.P., David Miller, um, Quinny de Kock, who's done really well for us in the past. So uh, I'd like to say that we're over-reliant on those players. We've got some quality players even when those guys aren't playing at their best and aren't available all the time. As far as the entire series goes, the Proteas did win the T20 series. We lost the one-day series against Bangladesh, the Test series drawn. And uh, there were some interesting uh, talks about the bowling lineup, which performed okay in the T20s. Uh, you can't read too much into what we did uh, in the Test series, obviously, with so much rain. The one-day series, I think, is uh, best left unsaid. But uh, Coach Russell Domingo did have some positives to say about that bowling lineup, particularly with the T20 World Cup uh, coming up. With the bowling in particular in the T20s, was, was outstanding. Kyle Abbott was really good. Uh, Kafiso was really good. Um, Eddie Lee made an impact. Pangiso was really good. So uh, let's not forget that, that aspect of the, of the competition because it is a T20 World Cup around the corner. And then in the second half of the one days, I suppose, we bowled outstandingly well in the first game. I mean, for a young player like KG to get the best ODI <coughs> figures for the FK is a massive highlight. You know, a big positive for the side. He was really good throughout that one-day campaign. Kyle Abbott was solid. Um, 
So, um, it's difficult for the bowlers when you're defending 160 on a good wicket at night. Like Ashley said earlier, we probably uh, made two judgmental errors with the toss, but full credit to Bangladesh. They were much better than us in those two days and deserved their win. Um, but difficult to judge the bowlers defending 160 under those conditions with the wettish ball and a good wicket in the evening. So, difficult to pass judgment on those two performances. Looking at the selection for this series, as mentioned in the bulletin at the top of the show this evening, it's a tough line to walk for the coach uh, in order to rest players as opposed to playing them too much that they become fatigued and injured. And uh, it's a difficult balancing act, as Russell Domingo explains. A couple of games coming up against New Zealand, that's very important for us, leading into another month off before we start playing the tour against India. But it's a fine line between resting guys too much and overplaying guys. Like uh, if Dale Stain has a six-week break and he plays in a one-day international, people say, oh, how can you rest him for so long? He needs to bowl. If Dale Stain bowls for six weeks and then goes straight into one international, people say, oh, you're overbowling Dale Stain, he needs to get a break, he needs to be safe for test cricket. So it's a fine line between uh, resting players too long and having them overbowled. I think we're fortunate we've got depth in, in South African cricket. Uh, so where there are opportunities to rest, particularly the fast bowlers, we're going to look at those avenues. With eight test matches coming up in the next four or five months, that's a big priority for us. So we need to manage the workloads of those players carefully. But we also need to provide opportunities for the next generation of fast bowlers, which we will try and do in some of the one days and T20 is coming for that are approaching. SAFM Sports Wrap. Still coming up on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat a little bit of cycling. But as mentioned in the bulletin, fantastic day for Cameron van der Berg, breaking his own 50-meter uh, breaststroke world record, only to have it broken a little bit later on in the day. We've uh, managed to hear from him following uh, his cool-down this evening uh, after his semi-final, which he won. He now comes up uh, against his arch-nemesis from last night, who won the 100-meter breaststroke. And uh, you want to find out what he had to say and how he's looking forward to that final tomorrow. Yeah, I'm very pleased to be in the final. Um, it's going to be a really tough race tomorrow between Adam and myself. Uh, we'll definitely take a new world record, I think, to win uh, the gold medal. And, um, yeah, I'm still very pleased from the morning. I take a lot of confidence going into the final tomorrow night. Just a nice rest up now and uh, to prepare. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some cycling now. This year's Amashova Durban Classic, one of the three big classics in South Africa, is expected to attract more than 10,000 cyclists that participated uh, in last year's, uh, more than 10,000 uh, that participated in last year's event. The race, which started 29 years ago with only 400 cyclists, will take place on Sunday, the 18th of October, over 106 kilometres between Peter Marisburg and Durban. One of the participants is going to be Lutonda Kaku, who's now the captain of the Bonitas Pro Cycling Team. He says preparations have been going well. My preparations already start in, in December, uh, which means December last year, 2014, because our first race is in February. So we always make sure that we have a good off-season, which is what you call December, January, or good base, and then we prepare for the races that start February already. And our races, we get them almost every weekend. Almost every weekend we have a race. So there's a number of events, uh, including your Cape Agua Cycle Tour, uh, and now in October, which is one of the big three, which is the Amashova, Tsohosan uh, Amashova cycle race in Devon and also 94.7 here in Johannesburg. So we always have to make sure that we are in tip-top uh, condition to make sure that we actually do well and win those races. Kaku, who was introduced to cycling by the Velokaya Life Cycling Academy. It's an organization that was based in Cape Town. It's now gone national and it was a great platform to launch his cycling career.
Uh, I came across Velokaya Life Cycling Academy, which is an NPO based in Cape Town, but it is national now. And those guys actually helped me to get into cycling because uh, they helped me financial side because it's a very expensive sport. And they actually showed me the ropes and uh, they taught me life skills and how to actually work hard at whatever I want, which was in this case cycling. And also I did not need my education also on the side. And then fast forward um, three, uh, three years later, I moved over to Joburg where I joined Team Bonitas. Uh, cycling team and it's been five years now that I've been with the team and uh, I'm actually now the team captain SAFM Sports Wrap That's it for SAFM for this evening, thank you so much for listening we're back again tomorrow at 6.30, I'm off to watch some footy, looking forward to it, MTNA to action, getting underway half an hour from now, the Buccaneers up against Urban Warriors, Bidvest Vitz up against Matatanta who is it going to be? The first two quarterfinals taking place tonight, tomorrow night. The second two, we'll chat to Moali once again tomorrow evening. We'll review tonight's matches. Look ahead to tomorrow night. Make sure you tune in 6.30. Then uh, I'll be back at 4 on PM Live. You can catch some more sport tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Have yourself a great evening. The talk shop is up next for myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Have yourself a great evening. Cheers. You've been listening to a podcast of SAFM Sports Wrap, captured live every Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday evening from 6.30 to 7, only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader.